episode number eight. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Welcome back, my dear listeners. I am really happy to be here today because today we are going to explore a consideration that I personally take on frequently during my stuck spots. But it's also a consideration I am oftentimes blinded to when I'm in a stuck moment. So now for the review from the week, These reviews, by the way, come from listeners like you who post a review on iTunes. Each week, I head over to the iTunes page and select a review from around the world. So far, there are reviews coming in from three different countries, and I share them with you. So if you would like to leave a review, you can head over to iTunes. And if you don't know how or you don't have iTunes like I didn't until about a couple of months ago, you can go over to my website and on the home page, there's a link to show you directions on exactly how to do that. So this week's review comes from CRM. They wrote, take a few minutes and treat yourself to this podcast. No matter what age or stage you are in, Shira's words will resonate with you. Her honesty and warmth make it feel like we are just having a conversation over coffee. As with any helping suggestions, you can only make small changes, one at a time. When you are ready, come back for more, and you need to practice. I can't say enough positive things about this podcast, and I'm excited to listen to each one as they come my way. Well, thank you so much, CRM. And yes, you hit the nail on the head. This is absolutely about practice and making small changes and having self-compassion for yourself. Yes. So thank you so much for making that effort to leave that review. It means the world to me. Okay, so now for this week's story and the lesson that I learned from it. Oh, wait, sorry, one more thing. And actually, this is kind of important and probably something I should have shared in one of my introductory episodes. But okay, it's okay, I won't get stuck on not being perfect. If you listened to any of the introductory episodes, you will know that the history of this getting unstuck movement all started with my blog, which was originally called Stuck in the Muck 365. In that blog, I shared many personal stories, many of which had to do with my husband. And what I wanted to let you know, my dear listeners, is that when I wrote those blogs, I never, ever, ever hit publish and shared those stories to the world until I had permission from my husband to do so. If he was in the story, I knew the absolute right thing to do was to get his permission. 
for what I was doing was not only sharing my story, but sharing a part of his life as well. And he tends to be a much more private person than I am. In fact, he doesn't quite understand at all what motivates me to share my personal stories with the world. But okay, that's a story for another time. The point I'm trying to make is that I always had his permission to write a blog post when he was in the story. So when it came to starting this podcast, I knew I was going to continue sharing my personal stories that he was going to be in probably, even though the long-term plan for this podcast is going to be that I'm going to soon begin sharing your stories as well, because you are going to start sharing them with me. Stay tuned to learn more about that. It's going to be awesome. But anyway, this is what I did. I asked my husband, I said, do you trust me to publish my podcast episodes without asking you permission for each one if you're in the story? Or do you prefer that I ask you first before I hit publish? His response, he said, I trust you. Which is just awesome. And it not only goes to show that he's an awesome person in this world, because he is, it goes to show that he trusts this process, this tool of getting unstuck. And what do I mean by that? I mean, he knows that each time I process through a stuck story that has to do with him, he never looks bad in the end, ever, ever. I mean, maybe when I first paint the picture in the beginning, I paint a pretty negative picture of him, right? Like, how could he do this awful thing? Or why is he so insensitive? But the thing is, by the time I finish processing through the situation, it always comes out that he doesn't look bad at all. And that the problem has nothing to do with him. But it has to do with the way I'm looking at the situation. It doesn't matter if he accidentally locks me out of the house, or has issues with the way I do the dishes, or anything else where I tend to get stuck on things. Getting unstuck has nothing to do with me changing him, ever. Yet it always has to do with me looking at myself, at me taking responsibility for the situation, and for me accessing my inner wisdom to choose how I'm going to respond in any and every situation. So at this point, he knows it, and he gets it. And you know what? He loves it. He absolutely loves that I do this self-study work on a regular basis because he knows in the end that I'm not out to get him and I'm not out to change him. By me doing this work, it affects him and it affects us. And he knows that while he has room for self-improvement, just like we all do, the work I'm doing has nothing to do with him and it has everything to do with me. And if he wants to do the work to get unstuck in his life, well, that's great. And if he doesn't, that's also great in a way. It's really his business and it's his life. 
I know that I'm simply responsible for me and my life and the way I choose to react to any and every situation that comes my way. Okay, so I just had to clear the air and share that with you. So are you ready? Here's the story. So you probably know by now that I live in Israel and it gets very hot here. In fact, it doesn't rain much and the winters are pretty mild. So around March-ish, it can already start to get warm. This past year, my husband and I decided for the first time to lease this our second car, which is my car. In the past, we've always bought, but this year we chose to lease. And sometime around April, it was getting warm, and I noticed the air conditioning in my car wasn't working. And I didn't make a big deal out of it at first because it wasn't really that hot yet. It wasn't quite summer, and rolling down the windows was fine, and it really, really wasn't a big deal. So I told my husband I'd kind of mentioned in passing, and he said he'd get around to taking care of it. And as a caveat, yes, my husband and I have a division of roles in our home, and taking care of the cars is one of the things that he does. And while I do take care of filling up the gas in my car, because here in Israel it is self-serve, I don't take care of the mechanic side of things, because it's simply something I don't know much about, and nor do I really care about it at this point in my life. And my husband has a much better handle on things when it comes to cars. So, okay, I'm just letting you know why I asked him to help me take care of the air conditioning in my car. So I told him that it wasn't working. And he said he'd take care of it. But days passed. And weeks passed. And suddenly it was May. And I just couldn't handle it anymore because it was super hot. And I had to sit on him to take care of my car. In fact, I told him if he wasn't going to do it, then I was just going to figure out how to do it myself. So two days after that conversation, I was supposed to take three of my kids to the dentist. I had made these appointments months and months and months ago. It was just a checkup and a cleaning, but getting appointments here in Israel sometimes takes time. So it's important to have these things planned in advance. Anyway, I made the appointment for mid-morning. So after working at the computer for about an hour, I went to my car to pick up the boys from school. But when I got to my car or I went to the place where my car is supposed to be, I noticed it wasn't there. And I totally freaked out in that moment because I thought my car was stolen. I mean, where else would my car be, right? So in a panic, I called my husband my car. It's not there. What do you think happened? And then he replied, Oh, I took it to the mechanic. I'm taking it to get it. I'm taking it to get fixed the air conditioning. I'll I'll be back in a few hours. What? I yelled back. You didn't tell me. You just took my car. I have three dentist appointments that I made months and months and months ago. And now I can't take the kids to the dentist. Why would you do such a thing? I was just trying to be helpful, he responded quite defensively. Well, what are we going to do now? I asked him. 
And as he was trying to figure out what time the appointments were, and I was telling him it didn't matter because the time, by the time he would come back from the mechanic and by the time I would pick up the kids from school, I would miss the appointment anyway, and I was just getting more and more and more upset. I ended up hanging up the phone and letting out a yell of frustration. And then I caught myself, not feeling good, feeling quite stuck, really stuck in the muck, annoyed, so aggravated, and so feeling powerless. But I know from years of this practice of getting unstuck that I always, always have the power to be in control of my emotions. Always. So what did I do? I, S, took a stop. I sat down on the front stoop of my house and I just took a breath. And with my eyes closed, I, T, told myself I was stuck on annoyance and aggravation and frustration and I allowed myself to feel those feelings. I felt my shoulders drop to the ground and I felt my tight, clenched fists start to loosen. And then I, you, started to uncover my beliefs. I believe Boaz, my husband, should have told me he was going to take my car. And then I asked myself if that was 100% true. Well, it would have been nice. But at the same time, he knows I work from home and I hardly ever need the car in the morning, so he just probably didn't think about it. I believe there was no way I would make it to the doctor appointment on time at this point. Is that 100% accurate? No, I was probably exaggerating with that belief because my tendency is always to leave about 15 minutes earlier than I need to, to give myself wiggle room in case there's traffic. I actually prefer to be early than late. So the truth is, I knew I probably still had time if he were able to return with the car relatively soon. I believe I need to call the dentist's office and tell them that I'd be late. And then I thought, no, I don't really have to do that either because I don't really know what's going to happen. So seeing all of my thoughts weren't 100% accurate, I was able to start making a list of considerations. So I considered. Boaz was trying to be a good husband. I considered he had no bad intentions. I considered he was trying to surprise me, which is very sweet, and maybe his way of expressing his love and care for me. I can consider I might be late to the appointment, but it's not the end of the world. These things usually run late anyway, and they'll take us no matter what. And finally, I considered that whatever ends up happening was meant to be. So as I realized that I could take on probably all of those considerations, I really knew that I could take on that last one, recognizing that whatever happened was meant to be. I mean, I realized it was true, even though I didn't quite like it. 
And taking on that specific consideration really helped me get unstuck from the aggravation I was feeling. So what ended up happening? He came home within 10 minutes. How? Well, I thought that when I spoke to him on the phone, that he was at the mechanic, but actually he wasn't, he wasn't there. He didn't get there yet. He was at a job site. He's a builder and was planning to take my car to the mechanic only later that afternoon. So when we spoke, actually, he wasn't even far from the house. So he came home and I got in the car and I picked up my kids and I made it to the dentist one minute before our scheduled appointments. And as Murphy's Law goes, the dentist was in the middle of an emergency, dealing with an elementary school kid who fell on his face during sports class. So actually, we ended up having to wait 45 minutes for our turn. Hmm. The way things happen are meant to happen. So as I sat there in the waiting room pondering this, And as my kids complained for having to wait so long for their appointment, I reminded myself of that last step, K, that it's okay that I got stuck on annoyance and aggravation and frustration. It happens. So what can we learn from this? Most of the time that we get stuck on things, it's because of unfulfilled expectations, right? Think about it for a minute. I expected my car to be there in its usual spot. It wasn't. I got stuck. Or how about some of the past stories I've shared? I wanted acknowledgement when I cooked a delicious meal. No one acknowledged me. I got stuck. I wanted my house to be unlocked when I came home from a late night party. And it wasn't. And I got stuck. That's a story actually from my book. I wanted my neighbor to watch my child for an hour, and she said no, and I got stuck. See the pattern? It's when we have these expectations of others that aren't fulfilled that we oftentimes get stuck. Now, it's not to say we shouldn't have expectations of others. You can have as many expectations of other people as you want, but just be aware of them. And to notice that when someone doesn't live up to your expectations, it's not they who are getting stuck, but rather it is you. And that your work in the world isn't about changing them or making them a better or more improved or more perfect person, but rather you looking at yourself and recognizing how you can choose to be in any situation, no matter what. And that's exactly what I did in my situation here. I didn't have the power to bring my car back when I needed it. But I did have the power to consider that perhaps this was meant to be, and that there was nothing I could do in that moment anyway, except take some deep breaths, calm myself down, and take care of my emotional self. And interestingly enough, by the time I did that, everything seemed to have worked out as it should have. So think for a moment, where in your life can you consider 
that whatever happened, even though you may not have expected it or anticipated it or even liked what happened, where in your life can you consider it was just meant to be? And when you take on that consideration, notice what happens with your feelings. Because remember, our thoughts direct our feelings. So when you take on this new consideration, this new perspective, this new thought, your feelings will change. I'd love to hear from you about this if you try it. You can come over to my website and leave a comment on this actual episode. I will leave the link in the show notes. And as always, you can leave a review for me on iTunes. I would love to see your review over there as well. So thank you again for tuning in. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com. Thank you.